Hey, housewives, come on in. You know the dirty dishes are still in the sink from yesterday and the laundry is still in the basket. Pop your AirPods in and make yourself at home here. I'm Tracy. I'm Tori. And we are your Unlikely Housewives. Stepping out in faith and believing that God calls the unlikely, we are here to show you the appreciation and validation you deserve, lead you to authentic relationships, and release you of believing the cultural lies to restore your faith and wellness. Pull up those high-waisted yoga pants, tighten your top knot, and reheat your coffee for the third time. Turn up the volume and let's go. Housewives, we are so glad you are here. I hope that it is sunny wherever you are. I hope it is warm enough, but not too warm for my Texas people. I hope you haven't hit three digits yet. I remember those days. Do not miss them. Love y'all. Although on the flip side, it was 60 this morning in Kansas. I was just going to say, and it, my it kids be sunny here. It's and my so kids rainy. were like, can we go to the pool? And I was like, no, not today. Not if I'm wearing a sweatshirt. <laughs> It, it, we needed warmer weather for sure. So we're being very specific of what we want, God. So yes, please. <laughs> sunshine. Yeah. Like about 85, sunny. Yep. And, and just stay right there. Yep. We don't. don't need any of those 90 or 100 degree days. Exactly. But anyways, we're just so glad you're here with us this summer. And we have got a hot and fresh new episode for you talking about tough and love, which you guys are going to absolutely love love. And I think you're going to appreciate the tough conversation that we have with it. But before we do that, Tracy is going to read a review. Yes. And this one is very personal. (laughs) (laughs) I love that my husband actually got on and wrote a review. That says a lot. But he says, love the realness from these ladies living out what they're talking about. I can speak from real life 24 exposure to one of these ladies. And I promise everything they're speaking is true life. If we all could be this real and live with him as our compass, the world would have less problems. Nice. Amen. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks to my hubby. Um, But also, we need some more reviews, friends. And we're going to do a little giveaway for you all for the next... Well, hopefully we'll get them rolling in in the next couple of weeks. But when we hit 20 reviews, we are going to give away. Fresh new reviews. Yes, fresh new reviews starting whenever this is <laughs> launched or released. <laughs> I don't know what that date is going to be. Whenever this hits your ears. Yes, exactly. Okay. We hope that we can give away a new gift card. Yes. So yes, this does include that we are bribing you. I am not above <laughs> bribing listeners, our 47 listeners, and I'm not above bribing my children. That's right. So when we get 20 new reviews, we will give that gift card away. So do it on the podcast. So maybe yeah. your name will be shouted out. Exactly. Exactly. And then it's like we're paying you to listen to our show. How about that? <laughs> Whatever we got to do. <laughs> right. Today we are going to dive into, like Tori already said, tough and love. And how we have to have both aspects in all relationships. One of the things, again, we believe in the and being our summer series, you know, we really do know that feelings are very much what resonates or sets us off or changes how our relationships really form and develop and become even more deep, I would say. Yep. And the one thing is, friends, we can love each other and we can love our kids and we can love our spouses. But if it's just that, it's actually not enough. Absolutely. We need some tough conversations. We need some tough parenting. And we really have to 
build on that. We know you can't just come out of the gates, you know, being tough and hard. That won't be very fun. Yeah. And so one of the things that we kind of broke this down with is one of the things. So my girls were taught in first grade from their teacher. Shout out Heidi Wolf. And they learned the Bible principle, spare the rod and spoil the child. However, they learned it in uh, just a little bit more child-friendly terms because kids don't know what spoil means. They really don't understand. When we say we spoil our kids, (laughs) all they know is the loving and receiving end of that, right? However, so their teacher taught them that spare the rod and hate the child. Now, that sounds really, really harsh. (laughs) I'm like, that's better, more (laughs) child-friendly than spoil. But kids know what hate means because they're, I hate this. I don't, I don't like, or I hate my broccoli. Do you remember when you got your first, I hate you? Oh, yeah. I I want to say I even memorialized that on a Facebook and I said, yes, I'm officially a mother. I got my first, (laughs) I hate you. But the reason why is because Because if we just spoil them and never tell them no, never disciple them, never discipline them, never have the tough conversations with our children, what are we really doing? Like you're not chiseling away. You're not pruning the parts of our kids, of the relationship that needs to be because you can't, if you're not iron sharpening iron, right? it's the same kind of thing, right? Yeah. So that's kind of where this all thought came from. But then we started talking about like originally this idea was just going to be we we're just going to be talking about how with your children, you need to have the tough conversations, the hard conversations, and then also love on them, dote on them, you know, all yeah. of that. But then we started talking about like, wait, you got to do that with friends too. Mm-hmm. Like some of my best friends are the friends that can tell me like, Tori, that wasn't cool. Like what you did there, that was really selfish. And I will take that from them and go, oh, my God, you're right. There's only a couple of people that can really tell me that where I won't immediately get defensive, Mm -hmm. where I won't immediately just get emotional and try to justify myself, where I will listen. But friendships that you have like that. And then we also talked about how like marriage. Yeah. Where you got to have the tough conversations too. Absolutely. I mean, you can have intimacy, you can have so much love, but if you're not growing and talking about the elephants in your marriage of where you're struggling communicating or struggling with finances or struggling with parenting, whatever you're struggling with, if you don't have those conversations and we know they're tough, (laughs) trust me, we know. Awkward. Yeah. If you don't have those conversations, you can't grow together and you have to have both. And I think in motherhood, you know, we've experienced so much in the last few years of having tough conversations with our kids, you know, tough conversations about when everything started with the pandemic and, you know, schooling and them not wanting to go to school when it was back into school and just kind of that adjustment, you know, you have to have the tough conversations of, Hey, going to school is a responsibility, right? This is what we need to do, but also love them and be like, Hey, I know this has been a hard season. I know this has been a challenge and nothing has felt normal. How many times have we had that conversation with our kids? A thousand. It feels like, yeah, you know, nothing has felt normal. This is a while ago, but even so, as you process through these last few years, you know, each kid has handled all of this a little bit differently. And as they're growing and having teens and emotions and, you know, we were kind of, yeah, we were talking about this earlier. Like (laughs) as a mother, we feel both and all the time, like scared and excited, you know, that like, oh my gosh, I love these kids so much, but holy cow, this is really freaking hard. And can't you remember that? Like 
when you had Parker and you held him for the first time, there is this feeling of, I did not know my heart was capable of loving something so much. And then at the same time, you're like, I'm responsible for this kid. (laughs) They're letting me walk out of this hospital and not ask. They're not asking enough questions. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, how do they know that I'm going to feel like that's kind of those like you're terrified. You're oh my God, I'm going to drop this baby. Like in that fear at the same time. And then that fear only magnifies as they get older. I mean, you've got a soon to be driver Mm -hmm. here. Well, that's, you know, know, just with the emotions, like you want to talk about and prepare things with kids, you know, whether it's the teen emotions and like, oh my gosh, they've been locked in the room for the while. Are they okay? Like, no, really? Are they okay? Well, maybe we should have these conversations with them. And then you start expressing things. Then you're like, wait, am I giving them the ideas? Am I scaring them even more? Am I causing their anxiety? Like you worry and you're just on this pendulum swing of feeling both. And that's totally normal. Like exactly, we're trying so hard to express to you this summer, the realness of motherhood, the realness of being life. Yes. It just being tough. So love and exciting and full of so many emotions at the same freaking time. It's so confusing. (laughs) Yes, it is. And when it comes to motherhood, we talked about how our kids are extremely different. Mm -hmm. And this is why there are so many parenting books. Okay. Because what worked for one set of parents is not going to work for the next. And while so-and-so may be an absolute expert of something over here, and they said, well, this is how I raised my child with such and such and such and such, that may not work for kid over here Mm -hmm. and a completely different family and completely different circumstances. And so it is so specific to the child. When I have to discipline E or I have to discipline J, it's different for both of them. What one works, I can say, I'm really disappointed in you. And that- Oh, yeah. I got a kid. I could say that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it crushes them. And they're like, oh my gosh. Then I can say that to the other kid and then be like- Okay. When I, are we right. having chocolate or vanilla ice cream later? Yeah. Like, uh, so, doesn't even phase them. <laughs> right. Exactly. So you're like, what's the treat after dinner? I'd really mm-hmm. like to- And you're like, don't- mm-mm. Are you serious? Yeah. I <laughs> think we were talking about that too with one of our kids is that when- where you were saying how we were not happy with the choice that they were making. And then you can see the look on their face where they're just kind of like already thinking about the next question they're going to ask you. They're not listening. They're not listening whatsoever. Uh -uh. And you're just like, what did I do? Tough (laughs) and love. (laughs) I had actually a Facebook memory pop up today and I wanted to read something because I thought it was so spot on to what we were talking about. And it says, motherhood cracks your heart open to a love unlike anything you've ever experienced before, but it can also open you up to a brand new world of fears, insecurities, and unhealed wounds. It's necessary to feel both the love and the fear to truly evolve into the empowered woman you are becoming. And I cannot read the little tiny print of who wrote that. So I'm sorry. Would you like me to hold it back here for you? (laughs) So I can. Tori makes fun of the fact that I maybe need to get my eyes checked. (laughs) And the only only reason I do that, you guys, is because I am practically legally blind. I have had glasses since I was 13 years old and then got contacts shortly after that. So like I've been so lucky for so long, you, but it is you take my contacts out and I might need those readers. Tracy looks like a blob <laughs> sitting right uh, next to me. But with all of that, like it's necessary to feel both 
that is what we're getting at with all of this in relationships is you have to have the tough and the love to grow in parenting because you know the tough is coming. Those tough conversations, the discipline, just like you talked about, you know, the emotions, you have to feel both to process it with them and for yourself to grow as a parent. Right. And the perfect parent, okay, is God, right? Of all of all relationships. He is the perfect parent to us. He still disciplines us. Yes. The root word, we were talking about this with my second grader, mm-hmm. is the root word of discipline is disciple. That is why God disciplines us to disciple and for us to grow and form to be more Christ-like when you're a believer, right? right? So for us to love our children well, we love them well, but we also have to discipline them well. Because even if you don't discipline them, there's a whole gap. Yeah. Of well, something we were missing. talking about this before because in our whole previous season, we say this all the time. We are not perfect. We do not know everything. We are not claiming to. However, we've experienced some things that we're sharing our side of the story on or a side of our experience And one of the other styles of parenting is gentle parenting. And it may work for a lot of people, but for us, we fully believe in that tough and love. And I think that, and again, I don't know all about gentle parenting, but I don't believe the toughness is quite there at the level of which you and I have been raised. (laughs) I was going to say, I was raised with the back of a hairbrush hitting my butt when I got in trouble. I'll never never forget when it went for the fly swatter and I was so bad. It was like the grab of the plastic. So the metal whipped me. (gasps) Yeah. I think I probably mouthed off. Do you know, we all were raised differently. Well, I also, (laughs) I was, I was backhanded. Yeah. I smart mouth. You only smart off to mama once. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I was I'll never forget the morning that my oldest was probably four or five. We joke about it still all the time. I used to flick in the mouth. So that was my thing. When you talk back, you got flicked in the mouth and I flicked him in the lip as he turned. And I like literally gave him a fat bloody lip on the way to church. (laughs) I was like, I'll be praying for that one. (laughs) But that's real life, people. That's parenting. It is. It is. And we, we talked about this, too. So you and I were raised and and people, capital punishment, right? Like whatever. (laughs) Like, yeah, spanking worked for me. Mm -hmm. I did not want to get spanked again. Yep. My mom, I think, can count on one hand how many times she had to spank me because I was I was very clear on that did not feel good. And I will not make that choice again. Mm -hmm. Did I share the story about the time somebody caught my mom and told her that she was going to port her to CPS in the parking lot because she spanked me. No. And they're like, okay. So real quick. So when I was two and a half, I broke my leg and it was a spiral break. I was in a, I was in a body cast literally from my armpits all the way to my ankles. And there was a bar diagonal across my legs. I could not move because it was such a bad break when you're that young. And when you come into the hospital with such a bad break in your femur, And it literally was a spiral. So, quote unquote, surgery to fix it. The doctors were in there for four to six hours. I don't remember, believe it or not, twisting it because your bones are that malleable when you're that young. So they were untwisting it essentially with their hands. Okay. And so they just kept moving it and kept moving it and kept moving. You come into the hospital with that bad of a break. CPS, Child Protective Services, automatically called because they're like, this is a serious break. How did this happen? My dad gave me some towels, 
to run and put into the bathroom at two and a half years old. You're not really balancing and I'm still clumsy as I'll get out and run into walls all the time. And so I twisted my leg around the bathroom door and I cried for a little bit, but it was late at night and my I was just trying to put towel. And so my dad was like, all right, you need to go to bed. He put me in the crib. My mom got home from Blockbuster. She was <laughs> renting a movie. Um, and they realized that when I fell asleep, I was moving my entire body except for my right leg. And so they're like, mm, that's not right. And so when you're being like a floppy fish and not moving an entire body part, and they're like, let's take her to the doctor. Okay. So doctors have got me in. They're taking care. of At the same time, my parents have been separated by police officers in getting their story straight. Oh my God. Right. And getting this. So the way it concluded was I was in the hospital, I got the body cast, but my parents were basically put on a watch list for child protective services. So had I come into the hospital again with another break or some kind sure. of injury, it would have been flagged. Which is great. That right, is a really a good safety, thing, security. a safety <laughs> thing for baby kids and babies, and that's and that's a good thing. Well, that watch list lasts for five years. Oh my goodness! So they really do keep and and I'm totally okay with that. I put people on a watch list if it, their children get hurt. Fine if it's that kind of break. Well, one time we were in the grocery store, and I was at that time I was like four, so we're still in that five year period, and we're in the grocery store, and a very nice. Uh, clerk lady says, you know, would you like, would you like a balloon? And I take the balloon from her and my mom goes, what do you say? My mom is checking out at the grocery. So she's talking to the cashier trying to do this. And the lady's standing in and my mom goes, what do you say? And I just go, "Mm -mm." I don't open my mouth. I don't say anything. And my mom goes, Tori, what do you say? And I, "Mm -mm." And I don't say, okay, if you, if you know my mom, you can exactly imagine how she's saying this. And she rips the balloon from my hand and hands it back to the lady. And the lady goes, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. And my mom goes, no, it's not okay. My daughter's going to say thank you. Yes. And she finished paying for her groceries. She walked me out of the, the grocery store. She put her groceries in the car. She opened up the back hatchback of her yellow car. I, don't, I think it was a Honda, yellow Honda, and bends me over her knee and spanks me. And the grocery store parking lot. Okay. Again, how I was raised, you guys. And again, I think I turned out okay. (laughs) I say thank you a lot. (laughs) You don't miss that one now. No, you don't. But a woman was walking by and she was appalled at my mother and was like, how, how, I am going to report you to CPS. I have got your license plate. And my my mother was like, oh yeah, fine lady, go on ahead. And you know, she's very much in the mindset. I'm going to raise my kid the way I'm going to raise my kid. Right. It's my business, not yours. And which is how we all should do. Right. Right. (laughs) And so it wasn't until she got me back in the car in my little booster seat, car seat, whatever. And she is pulling out of the parking lot and she goes, (gasps) oops. She's like, oh my gosh, what if that lady does report me? Because she has my license plate and I am still on the CPS watch list for my daughter <laughs> breaking her leg. And does my mom. This end well? It does. It does. My mom called one of her good friends. I was a child psychologist. And she's like, look, Jojo, the, the likelihood of that woman actually reporting you is actually slim to none. Not that that's, a, that's not the good thing. That's not the good thing. But the point was, is that, I mean, that is a story of me being disciplined and. 
I say thank you. And yep. <laughs> I will, you learned. I learned. But that, that was, was what I need. That love. was tough love. Yep. And we have, and I can laugh about it now. Mm-hmm. I think it's not, but I don't, I guarantee you I wasn't laughing about it then. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, we talked about it earlier with, you know, the gentle parenting or the, you know, reasoning and all of this kind of stuff with kids who are young who just don't understand. And again, you know, no judgment based on if that's what you're doing. The point is, is the tough part is going to come if it hasn't already. And it's not maybe just going to be from the parents, but it's how the kids are going to interact in our day-to-day world. You know, they could have a tough coach, a tough teacher, a tough coworker. I mean, the tough times in relationships, that's part of it. And I think so many people deal with toughness in a relationship especially later in adult life, because they didn't have it in their childhood. Right. You know, we become passive aggressive or we just retreat and we don't have these conversations. We don't have hard conversations. We avoid. Yes. The avoidance becomes the biggest issue. And as adults, and I mean, let's talk about how that's resurfaced and brought all the... (laughs) everybody's childhood trauma came out in the last couple, three years. And now we're all handling things differently, you know, of relationships and conversations and, you know... The tough conversations are being had currently, but for us, it's like, it is so different right now. It is really hard. I mean, we can move on from motherhood into marriage. (laughs) Yeah. And all those, oh, was that tough in 2020, 2021? And even still, you know, I mean, sadly, we've heard of so many relationships not going well and ending here more recently. And that's part of not having those tough conversations, not working through and addressing those elephants in the marriage. Yeah. And I think we are addicted as a society to romantic comedies, romantic novels. I mean, if we're real, I call that porn for women Mm -hmm. because everything ends in a happy ending and the best friend, you know, steals whatever it is. But we're sold this bill of lies that it all works out the end there. It's a happy ending. It's that, you know, well, it's always butterflies. It's always passionate. It's always, you know, lovey-dovey. It's always affection. It's always perfect. Even in the movies where there's like the little hiccup in the marriage or relationship, they overcome it with such ease and such resilience and it, it doesn't look hard. Right. And that I think there are people that are addicted to love and in all fairness, I mean, that's what they've been shown mm-hmm. that it it like this is what love is. But if you know that true love and real love is having the tough conversations, it's talking to your spouse about their health. Maybe they're not working out. Maybe that they are, you know, have an addiction, have an addiction that's having, a you know, not ignoring it. And when you have brought it up or they brought it up to you, not being defensive mm-hmm. and justifying it to yourself, like actually listening to that person and going, wait a second, if my spouse really believes this, that this is a problem for me, maybe I should take a second look at it. Or we were talking about this too, which I thought was really neat is that so a mutual friend of ours, actually, he chooses to work out with his wife. Mm-hmm. And he chooses to work out with his wife because it, his wife wouldn't work out without him. And he's like, do I get the workout that I necessarily want? No. Do I work out as hard or as much as I necessarily want? No. He goes, But it's my compromise because one, I am getting a workout Two, my wife's getting a workout so we can grow old healthy together Mm -hmm. and my future's with her. Yeah. You know, and he's like, if I was just working out on my own, I would be much more ripped and much more (laughs) 
Yeah, right. <laughs> and he goes, but my choice is I'm choosing her over my own desires for physical fitness because it's more important to me for us to grow old together. And that's a tough conversation. Yeah. Well, and you kind of already talked about it, but it's when the butterflies go away because they will. You'll always still get butterflies here and there. There'll be things that, you know, bring that back. But there's so much in life and growing and, you know, buying a home and financial stuff and changing jobs and having kids and pandemic and illness. And there are so much that you go through in a marriage that if you're not having the tough conversations and actually communicating about it, love is great. And people say love is enough. I don't no, think it is. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> it's not enough. Human love is not enough. Let me no. clarify. Yeah. Yeah. Human love is not enough. Exactly. Well, but you're exactly right on you and I have over the years, we have learned that our marriages are a thousand times better when Christ is in the center of it. Yeah. And that's not human love. Mm-hmm. Right. It also, I was told once, love is a choice. Yes, I can feel in love. That's a feeling. But love is a choice. I choose to love Andrew every single day. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent, whatever. Am I in love with him every single day? No. <laughs> is he in love with me every single day? No. Especially right now with pottying puppies all over your floor. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Why They're so cute. Done? They're very cute. There's another and. that That's that's the love and and of raising puppies. They're adorable. And I think they're a freaking mess. A freaking mess. And do I still swat them on the butt when they pee in the house? Yes, you bet I do. Do they think that's love? No. Oh, but they I got a love so cute. Yes, they're so cute. Another relationship we talked about, and we're going to expand on this in the next episode, but it's having tough and love in friendships. Um, friendships have really been through the ringer every time. I mean, from high school to college to wherever you live to when you move, it, friendships go through so much. And Okay, question. How many yeah. bridesmaids did you have? Oh my gosh. Between seven and nine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't ha- remember. Uh, okay. And then how many of those people do you still talk to? All of them. Oh, good for you. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> I had five and I talked to two. Yeah. I also have, I had a lot. I had cousins in there too. I'm super close with my family and cousins and friends and. All right. Only child over here, but yeah, you know, (laughs) but that's funny. I've always heard that there's, you can tell how far away somebody is from college based on the amount of bridesmaids they have because of how many people they've met along the way and friendships they've created. That's actually really, really true. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I mean, I think we can have friends. Right? right? Friends, we have lots of friends from here, there, everywhere. But a real true friendship, you have to be able to have tough conversations. And that's something that when you and I were really starting this like a year and a half ago, we were able to have some of those conversations because we mm-hmm. knew it was coming from a place of love. Right. But the realization of struggles in our marriage or things that we were dealing with personally, we had to call it out with for each other. And because sometimes we're all we're blind to it. And you have to have those, you know, come to Jesus meetings and talks with your friends about like, hey, this relationship, I don't know that that's good. You may want to set a boundary around that. That does not seem healthy for you. Or maybe it's an addiction or maybe it's something about your health or those are when you know it's a real friendship when you can have those conversations. Without being offended, passive aggressive, passive holding it against them or avoiding it or being dismissive. Showing up when it's hard, showing up when it's hard or when you're dealing with something, being able to say like, hey, I'm dealing with this, like, you know, and that person being there and not 
trying to fix it for you, but right. being truly being there. Well, it's kind of like when you and I signed on the dotted line for our LLC and all the things is that we basically made the commitment like this is ours. No matter what happens, you and I are in this together mm-hmm. and we will figure it out. The whole thing, it's all figure outable. Mm-hmm. I think that's something some, there's an author that said that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, I mean, we agreed that like, if we start to have personal differences, God still has called us here. And yep. unless he closes this door, which we will both be abundantly aware of, mm-hmm. then this is what we are and that we are going to have to have the conversations with people and with each other. And we disagree on stuff all the time. Oh, yeah. And that is why we have to be able to have the tough and the love because you can't just have one or the other. You have right. to be able to agree and disagree. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's not one or the other. Ooh, that's going to be a topic. It's not agree or disagree. It's and. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> can we, we agree, agree to, to disagree? disagree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's both. You can agree on something and you can disagree on something. Yeah. That's, yeah. We're getting into faith and politics later, guys. Yeah. That'll mm-hmm. be a good one. That's, yeah. that's a major one if you haven't figured out how to love somebody and disagree on hot topics. Well, and I think the last thing that we kind of were talking about that kept coming up with this tough and love is that when the tough conversations happen, not everybody can handle them. Not everybody can receive them. And there's obviously a reason for that. We're all different personalities, different immigrant types. Our love languages are different. So clearly the examples that we're giving and the things we're talking about are not for everybody. But one of the things that I deal with when there's tough conversations is anger. <laughs> I get can, mad. Can y'all see her anger? <laughs> if you know, Tra- like I've only seen Tracy angry at like in a couple of situations and she has this very distinct look on her face when mm. she's angry. Doesn't she, oh, Chris? I, get I know you're listening to this and you're like, <laughs> mm, I'm not dealing with it. I, I, it, it, is, it is a powerful emotion just as much as the love, just as much as the passion But for me, when that emotion arises of anger, it for me is a red flag. And it's a defense mechanism that I use when I don't want to address something. I don't want to address a tough conversation. I don't want to address something in our marriage. I don't want to address this in parenting. I'd rather just be bad and move on Mm -hmm. (laughs) and really can't move forward if you don't address the anger. And I know a lot of relationships are dealing with that. In parenting, in marriage, in friendships, there's this underlying anger that you've not been able to move through or move past to heal and to forgive and to work on that relationship. And the only way to do it is you can't just muffle that anger and just love someone anyway and hope for the best. You have to have those tough conversations and work through it because there is so much healing and so much happiness on the other side of anger. And to clarify, because we talked about this, there's a very common misconception when it comes to anger. Yeah. Right. Don't go to bed angry. Mm -hmm. The thought is, is that anger is a sin. And it's not. Jesus got angry. Jesus got angry in the temple when people were misusing the temple at the time. And that Jesus was perfect. So the fact that the Bible says that he got angry shows that anger in itself is not a sin. Right. The Bible says slow to anger. Right. It doesn't say don't be angry. Right. It says slow to anger. So be aware. (laughs) Right. And try to control that and not let it overtake you. You can 
harness anger, right? There's a lot of things we do out of anger. Parenting is one, Mm -hmm. right? You know? Yeah. You spanked out of anger many times. But when you learn as that as an emotion and go, okay, I'm getting angry, like smart thing. You noticed that you had been getting angry in a certain aspect and was like, okay, this is a red flag. I need to handle this. And then you found a way to address it. Right. And heal from it. And that's what you've been doing versus somebody who's just angry all the time, bent up and just holding on in. And then that like seeps out in all aspects of life and all the things. And it's just, yep. You can't just muffle anger and hope for the best. You have to address it. I think a lot of people are actually frustrated or angry just the way things have gone the last few years. I was going to say because of their expectations. Yeah. And there's so many unmet expectations. There's so many relationships that's changed. And we're going to talk about this in our next friendship one. Um, We believe in the and clearly this is what we're talking about and how you can feel both and you can work through things. And that's what we have to do. You have to work through the feelings of frustration, unmet expectations, and you can still be living life and you're happy and you're present and you're being with your kids, but and you're you can still, still having these freaking feelings and you're that are there and you're still called no matter what the relationship is, you're still called to love that person. Mm-hmm. No, it, I mean, that, yeah, <laughs> right. I can be bloody angry at Andrew, but at the end of the day, I am still called to love him and to be respectful him as my husband. And that is not the easiest thing Mm -hmm. so to wrap up we want to give you guys a little bit of summer encouragement yes that's what we're calling it is your summer encouragement and honestly it really is just like take a look at your relationships in parenting in your marriage and you know your friendships and you know see where they are and see you know if you're happy and content and they're well like awesome. That's amazing. But we totally believe in having both aspects of tough and love conversations and experiencing those motions together. And you can also, not everybody has to be part of your circle. Mm-hmm. You don't really get a choice for your children. You have They kind of have to be part of your circle and your, hus- <laughs> your husband should be part of that circle as well. <laughs> but like when we were breaking this down, I thought of you as one person and two or three others that really are the only people that as far as when it comes to friends that are those people that I would take the tough from. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yep. That doesn't have to be everybody. And but there's a lot of people that also have a lot of friends. And that's why we're gonna have this whole nother podcast on this. But you can have all those friends. And you can do all the fun things and you can show up for the brunches and can show up for the outings and the fun things and have a good time. But when you go home, you're still really freaking lonely because the depth of that friendship isn't there because you're not having the tough conversations. You're not growing with them. You're not talking about the realness of life. And that is what you and I are called to do is just in this series of we believe in the and is talking about the realness of both the tough and the love. Yep. Until next time, housewives, thank you for joining us and we will see you next week. Bye housewives. Whether we made you laugh or cry today, we pray you feel appreciated, bolder and braver than yesterday, stronger and more faithful for tomorrow and living in who you were made to be today. Join our online community on Facebook, link in the show notes, and be sure to review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. Until next time, housewives, we give you permission to walk confidently, free, and to be intentional in your slippers or stilettos.